WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. Making sure everyone has a prosperous future in Michigan is what Governor Gretchen Whitmer says is the focus of the Mackinac Policy Conference this week. She says a big part of that is growing the population, another 2 or 3 million people. Whitmer says the population has decreased, but new data shows we're doing well with retaining talent. We're actually seventh best in the country in retaining our talent, which I think surprised every single one of us. We have bought into this you know, notion that we're losing so many people, and certainly we've got work to do to hold on to people in STEM categories. That's the was the biggest kind of takeaway from Richard Florida's report. But you don't need to leave Michigan to find a good-paying job anymore. That maybe was the case decades ago, but now you can do that right here in Michigan. Wimmer says Michigan needs a better strategy to focus on the skills we need to bring to the state to stimulate business growth. She announced the new Growing Michigan Together Council today, which will work to expand jobs and education in the state. Also announced was the nation's first chief growth officer. That person's focus will be on increasing the state's population. Plans for resurrecting the Orchards Mall are in review by local officials. More from Ken Lundberg. The owners of Orchards Mall are fixing the potholes in the parking lot. They're trying to get rid of the gulls, and they've put on paper what they're willing to invest to give new life to the all-but-dead site. Berrien County Commissioner Shokway Pitchford says each of these are important steps toward proving the mall owners want to move the mall from where it is now to being a positive economic force in the community. Pitchford says details of the mall plan are still under wraps, but the broad picture is turning the building into a modern version of what malls need to be to survive. We're trying to find a way to compartmentalize and say, okay, part of this is going to be X, whether it's a smaller imprint of a mall, businesses, restaurants, daycare centers, stuff like that. Other spots may be talking about community centers. The broad plan is we're ready to invest money. Pitchford says the work now is broadening the discussion to include more government and private stakeholders to look at the plan from legal, governmental, and zoning perspectives to gain alignment on a way forward. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. A man convicted in the 1980 murder of a Lakeshore High School student has been paroled. 60-year-old Michael Johnson was 17 when he was convicted of second-degree murder in the death of Sue Ellen Mockamer. He was sentenced to life in prison without, with the possibility of parole, but for decades did not get a parole hearing. The Berrien County Prosecutor's Office tells us he appealed his sentence multiple times on the grounds that it amounted to a life in prison without parole due to the lack of parole hearings. After a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that struck down life without parole sentences for juveniles, Johnson was granted a hearing and then granted parole on May 16th. The prosecutor's office says Johnson admitted to getting a ride from Sue Ellen Mockamer on April 3, 1980, when the two struggled as he sexually assaulted her. During that struggle, Mockamer fell down a hill and into some water and didn't get back up. The cause of death was found to be drowning. The prosecutor's office had opposed Johnson's appeals of his sentence, but says it has no position on the Michigan Parole Board's decision to grant parole. Mockamer's family had supported Johnson's release. Now that the U.S. House has approved a debt ceiling deal, could the position of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy be in jeopardy? Congressman Bill Heisinger tells us it shouldn't be. I don't know ultimately whether it will. I mean, there has to be a significant movement to remove him. I would say to my uh, fellow Republicans that are contemplating that and some have mused about it in public, I think it would be a dumb move. Heisinger says that any movement to remove McCarthy would just give the Democrats control. He says that's not a good idea when considering the wins Republicans have had in the last several months. 
Leading up to the debt ceiling vote, several conservative members of the House opposed the deal, saying it didn't go far enough. Heisinger said he suspects some of those members couldn't be pleased with anything. The city of St. Joseph is planning a public input session for next week regarding its wayfinding initiative. Assistant City Manager Emily Hackworth tells us they're working with Corbin Design to create signs that could guide visitors to attractions throughout town. Directing them to parking, helping them to identify some of the great destinations in the city, what's downtown, the beaches, the lighthouses, all of those things. And it's meant for folks who are driving as well as pedestrians. Hackworth says a public hearing in April got citizen input on how the signs should look and where they should go. Now, Corbin will come back with a a few proposed designs that will be presented at the meeting next week. It'll be on Tuesday, June 6th, from 4.30 to 6.30 at City Hall. After hearing more from residents, a final plan will be put together and then presented to the City Commission in the fall. A St. Joseph High School graduate is headed off to the U.S. Naval Academy this month. John Norland tells us he got help from Senator Gary Peters and former Congressman Fred Upton getting in. He's been interested in the military for a long time. Growing up, I kind of always wanted to be in the military. And one day in like third grade, I went to my cousin's high school graduation. And uh, a kid graduating from there was going to the Air Force Academy. And I read that in the pamphlet and I had no idea what it was, but I was pretty interested. From there, going to a service academy was his goal. Norland says he was at first interested in the Air Force, but went with the Navy because of its traditions and because he spends a lot of time on the water. Is he planning for a lifetime of military service? Right now, I'm, I'm thinking of making a career out of it. Obviously, I mean, that can change. I've heard many countless stories of people going in the military being like, oh, I'm just going to do my minimum requirement and getting out, and they end up staying in for 20, 25 years. But yeah, right now, that's kind of my path is to make a career out of it. Norland works as a sailing instructor, is an Eagle Scout, plays cello in the high school orchestra, plays multiple sports, and served in the student senate. He heads off to the Naval Academy on June 29th and says it feels surreal like it hasn't fully kicked in. And he's not the only 2023 St. Joe graduate going off to a service academy. A classmate, Trey McGinnis, is headed to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. A film produced by some students at Benton Harbor High School will get its premiere tomorrow. Benton Harbor Area School's Chief Support Services Officer Paul Corson tells us students in the media department were inspired after reading Jason Reynolds' graphic novel Long Way Down. It tells the story of a black youth struggling to make it. And as they were reading through it, they just really resonated and connected with the story. And from there, we partnered up with our media and communications teachers, and they put together a new script. From there, the students and media staff made the film happen with around 12 actors and a crew behind the scenes. This is really, though, pushed by the students, and we were really just kind of the scaffold to try to make sure that they had everything they needed to be successful. The short movie focuses on a young black boy struggling to make a decision after his brother is shot dead in the street. Corson says it'll be screened tomorrow night at the Ghost Light Theater in Benton Harbor starting at 6 p.m. Tickets are $7 and everyone's invited. He says he's looking forward to celebrating the hard work of the students. And Lakeshore School's science teacher Jill McNabney has been selected for a summer teacher fellowship program that'll take her to the edge of the Arctic. It was made possible by the National Geographic Society and Lindbald Expeditions. The fellowship will take teachers from across the U.S. to Iceland and Greenland, where they will explore the science, culture, and ecosystems of the area. They'll bring back lessons to teach their students. McNobney says it'll be a fun new way for the kids to learn. I think it gives them a, a bigger view of the world, and I think it helps them to picture themselves 
as explorers and to see themselves as people that can go out and be a part of the bigger community and hopefully make an impact, whether it's our community or whether it's on a bigger scale than that. But I think it helps them to get a little bit of perspective. On a personal note, McNabney says this trip is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for her, and she's very excited. You can find out more about the fellowship with our full story on Friday morning at our website. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. There's been lots of opposition to the debt ceiling deal in the Senate, both from parties as they race to pass a bill and avoid a first-ever government default. More from ABC's Andy Field. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham threatening to run out the debt default clock until that House passed deal gets changed in the Senate. There's not a dime in this bill for Ukrainian military assistance. So I will keep us here to Tuesday until I hear a commitment from the Democratic leader. Most Democrats and Republicans insisting the deal must get passed now, and they can decide the other foreign aid spending priorities later. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Days away from a default crisis, the U.S. Senate's dashing to a wrap-up work on the big debt ceiling and budget cut package. President Joe Biden negotiated the deal with Speaker Kevin McCarthy to avert an unprecedented U.S. default on its debts, and the House passed it last night. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said today he wants to finish up without bringing the issue down to the wire. Quick passage in the chamber will require cooperation from Democrats and Republicans, much like the centrist coalition that carried it to House passage. The U.S. is facing a potentially disastrous default as soon as Monday if Congress fails to act. Meanwhile, the debt ceiling deal overwhelmingly passing the House last night in a bipartisan vote, but 71 Republicans voted against it, potentially putting Speaker Kevin McCarthy's seat in trouble as it only takes one Republican to call for a vote to remove him from his position. More from ABC's Jay O'Brien. Of that group of 71, there's a smaller group who say they don't trust Kevin McCarthy now as a result of this deal, as a result of him cutting this deal with President Biden, and then the Republican efforts to get this deal over the goal line in the House. And the most vocal of them has really been Ken Buck. Another name, Dan Bishop, has been equally as vocal. But Ken Buck last night on the steps of the House after that vote, gaggling with me and other reporters and saying that he wants to look at this idea of a motion to vacate the chair in the coming weeks. A structural engineer report issued just days before an Iowa apartment building partially collapsed indicated a wall of the century-old structure was an imminent risk of crumbling. Despite that, residents were allowed to remain inside. Officials said that today they relied on the engineer's assurances that the building remained safe. Officials in the eastern Iowa city of Davenport said three residents of the six-story building were still unaccounted for and there were no immediate plans to demolish what remains of the structure. However, they said it is extremely unstable. Crews were using drones to scan the building and consulting with experts about how to safely bring the structure down. President Biden fell while on stage at the commencement ceremony for the U.S. Air Force Academy today. He was helped up and walked off on his own. The White House says he's fine. ABC's Karen Travers is more. After about an hour and a half of shaking hands during the diploma presentation at the Air Force Academy commencement, President Biden started to jog away from his position on stage. He appeared to trip on something and then fell to the ground. People quickly rushed to help him up. And once he was back on his feet, the president pointed back at something on the stage. He continued walking away and shook some more hands. White House Communications Director Ben LeBolt writes in a tweet about the president, quote, he's fine. There was a sandbag on stage while he was shaking hands. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. And could all news stories soon disappear from Facebook, Google, and Microsoft sites? 
Maybe as a result of a new bill being debated among California lawmakers, more from ABC's Alex Stone. The bill would require big social media companies like Facebook to pay news outlets a usage fee to post their stories rather than the sites aggregating stories and pushing out news stories without paying to post them as they do now. John Wibby is an associate professor at Northeastern University. I don't think this will ultimately save the news industry, quote unquote, but I do think it could be a reliable, you know, sort of news uh, revenue uh, stream. Meta, the Owner of Facebook says if the bill passes, it will be forced to remove all news from Facebook and Instagram, which it did for a while in Australia when a similar law was passed there. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSAM News now continues with your weather forecast.